What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Rogue Opinions. I'm Jimmy Baxter, and I'm joined, as always, by my other two favorite people in the world for doing podcasting with. The A-team, known as Nathan Greenaway and Scott McLeod. Scott, Nathan, what's up, guys? Hey, 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 hey. Scott. Really, really Scott, bringing where, the <laughs> Scott, where, yeah, where, where the, what's up, man? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm tired and... Talking about most of TLC will not help bring up my enthusiasm. <laughs> well, where, where's your enthusiasm? It sounds like it's been taken away on a delayed train. <laughs> yeah, my, my enthusiasm got left in Kirk and Tillich. <laughs> Good. Oh, oh, no one knows where that is. It, just uh, uh, you're, you're better off not. Lonely word. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Started talking about trains and my brain went to journey. Go on, Scott. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we were late in starting this because I was in Kirk and because my brother, he's always girlfriend, were just, it was, a, it was a reasonable day, we were hanging out, we were what, help walk his dogs, one of the dogs shit in the carpet before we went out. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother told me about a way to go to get to the train station, because I need to actually get two trains to get home. Yeah, I could get the bus as well, but the train's better. Well, at least I thought it was. So while we're walking the dogs, we're like, you know, actually, if you went this way instead of the regular route, you'd actually get there quicker. And I did up until the point where I came to a crossroads and couldn't remember which way I was going. And then I eventually got to the train station and then the train was delayed. And then I got that train and then I got to the next train station with a minute to spare before the next train got there. And I'm just in between texting you guys, telling you, oh, apologising for being late. And then there's the fact that People in Glasgow clearly don't know how train doors work because the first woman, when I got off the first train, tried to push the doors open when there was a button that says open right next to her. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, she was on her phone, so I don't think she was paying attention. And then there's a big group of people trying to go on the next train and there's an old woman right at the front and she just stands there, presumably waiting for someone else to press the button when she's closest to it. We just stand there for about 20 seconds before the next, a guy just reaches over and just presses the button. Oh, God. The, the best ones are um, the trains that you get where you have to reach through the window down to the handle on the front. Do you guys know what ones I mean? No. Oh, they're, no. they're not electric. Like some of the ones, especially if you get the long trains going into London, they don't have electric doors. You have to slide down a window reach over to the handle on the front on the outside of the train push it down to open the door mm. and people just stand there baffled and there's loads of signs telling you what to do but people just walk up to the door and be like oh why is it no electronic and uh you see none of this really surprises me because where i work at my local store that i work at I watch people walk into a door every not single allowed, day. Are we not that, to name the store or something? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Because, like, I've heard about people, like, going through, like, people's online presence and, like, getting fired and shit. So I'm not trying to say that I work for Target, you know? <laughs> so, like, I see these stupid motherfuckers every single day just on their phones or just completely oblivious to the fact that it says do not enter in, like, four different languages and it says out on the other door and boom, right that, into the door at least three times a day. That is amazing. I um, went into a store over here in the UK called Wilkinson's once and they had the in-out electric doors. 
and uh, someone just saw someone just walk and they're staring at their phone and they just face plant to the point where they gave themselves a nosebleed. Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just walked into the, they were trying to go in the outdoor and it was like, it's like if you've ever heard a, a bird fly into a window it was just, and all of a sudden just a poof, and I look over, it's just this person like blood coming from their nose because they just blood. At the front of my store, there's like a vestibule in between, uh, like, because I have my cart machine in there because I work in the parking lot. Um, and they, it just echoes in there for like a second after somebody hits it. And it's always like, dum, 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 dum. and like, it always makes me laugh, like uncontrollably. I don't understand why, but it is like watching a stupid bird hit a very clean window. And it's unbelievable. I've, I've, wa- I've nearly run people over with the cart machine because they're walking in through the wrong door. And I'll go, ma'am, this is, because uh, mostly it's women. I'm sorry, it just is. It just is. Um, they seem to give a le- like a less of a shit. And they're never apologetic. Like this older woman was walking in. I very nearly hit her with the cart machine. I went, miss, this is a, this is the exit. And she goes, yeah, but I'm here now. And then walked past me. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm here now. <laughs> and, God, imagine bringing that excuse just into everyday life. You're like, hey, yeah. ma'am, you're not meant to be back here. This is heart surgery. Yeah, but I'm here now. Yeah, but I'm here. So, <laughs> like, might as well just continue on. It's like, no, motherfucker. You, do you ever, like, if you're taking a test and you fill in a, an answer, do you not erase the answer or cross it out and then fill in another one? Or you just fill in another one and go, you decide which one you think is right. Like, let's go. Uh, women walkers, am I right? Still, still working on that tight five for the comedy seller, guys. I'm telling you. Going <laughs> Two till three a.m. down at Chuckle. Deal with women coming in and out of the store. I mean, for real. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's two to three a.m. slot on a Wednesday at Chuckle Hut. At Chuckle Hut, yeah. <laughs> at, in Montclair, New Jersey, scenic Montclair, New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an actual spot, but if it is, hey, why not? I'll do a show at 3 in the morning on a Wednesday. This has nothing to do with anything, but I got denied a Monster Energy today. The woman wouldn't sell me it because I didn't have ID because she said I couldn't sell it without ID because of the high caffeine content. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's because you were far too enthusiastic already. (laughs) Yeah, hey, where are the monsters at? And she's like, "Uh, not for you. Not today. Wait a second. I just realized the most crucial difference between America and the UK. You guys get carded for energy drinks? Like they're practically force feeding them down our throats at like ten over here. Oh yeah, it's a new it's a new thing. Uh, when did it come in Scott? Like two years ago, maybe? I don't know. It's the same thing basically when you try and scan it, it's the same challenge twenty five thing that they have for alcohol. But the thing that annoyed me was it's happened before and usually the self doesn't look at me for two seconds and then just proceed on assuming that I'm old enough because I don't look that young. This is the only time I've ever been ID'd since this whole thing started. It's that it, it's that it's that fresh little baby face you got, Scott. They just they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to send a child bouncing through the streets high on fucking caffeine or taurine or whatever the fuck it is or yellow five. What's yellow five? Uh, it's that thing that's in Mountain Dew and Monster and shit that supposedly, if drinking in large quantities, kills sperm. <laughs> oh god it's a food it's a food die still yeah. still working on that type five guys like, still working on that type it's five. informative educational and funny <laughs> but you know what wasn't funny you know what wasn't funny 
TLC 2019. Oh. How about that for a fucking segue, Nathan? Senior captain of fucking segues and whatnot. Oh, I don't know why you're coming at me with your segues. Because uh, uh, I'm trying like hell and this thing won't tip over, okay? What was the thing? Didn't the guy who invented a segue die on a segue? Or is that uh, an urban myth? That's poetic justice if I've ever heard it. He just yes. he, still going around and somebody just happened to spot that he was dead like weekend at Bernie's. Like, <laughs> as he's like, circling a fucking man-made lake in a park. <laughs> what you think? You think he died in the Segway because he couldn't stop the Segway? Stop the Segway, and they're built not to tip over, so he couldn't try and tip it over to crash it. He was stuck going five to seven miles an hour through a park somewhere, and just was like, <laughs> "I'm not risking the broken ankle. I'm not going to risk I'm, I'm, it. I'm not risking it, guys." And they I'm just sure. find it. You just find a perfectly preserved skeleton holding onto a Segway. <laughs> talking about a corpse that's just sort of like. In rigor mortis, so he's holding on to the, the handle still, but because he's going fast enough, his head is just blown back in the wind. And as you know, like as he's circling the thing, and they're like, Hey, excuse me, excuse me, hey bud, you want to slow down? And he's just like going around in a circle for like two weeks. Oh, that's just giving me a brilliant idea for a comedic horror film about zombies on segways. <laughs> <laughs> Tara Reed would be in it, definitely. Tara Reid would be the main she one. Did, she did six fucking Sharknadoes. Sharknado. So she'll do, she'll do, um, damn, I need a name. Segby. Seg. World War Segway. Um, the Scootin' Dead. Huh? <laughs> that'll, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> um, I was going to say seg, Segway, but with a Z instead of an S. <laughs> <laughs> Segway, <laughs> yes. The joke's never hits again. Thank you. Uh, that's it. All right, guys, look out for um, my new film coming out soon, Segway. Don't spoil the next creator movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've already noted that down. But, uh, all, this right. is, uh, all of this is going to get cut out. We're actually starting the podcast now. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jimmy Baxter, joined as always by Inouye and Scott McLeod. Guys, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> pretty great <laughs> but uh how did your segue go oh re- i mean it went way off the rails dude um so uh w- tlc 2019 was from minneapolis minnesota from the target center hey um and uh it was a thing that happened um did you gentlemen check out the uh, the pre-show i did for some reason then please like enthrall us with the details of Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade with Selena Vega. Well, they've had a match on Raw. I didn't see it. <laughs> but I imagine it was probably better than this because Andrade probably had both his eyes functioning normally and not had blood going into one of his eyes. Yeah, I mean, I watched the match as well and it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, I just found myself, I didn't really care um, about it. And I even messaged you guys saying why do I not care about this and Scott pointed out it's because it's just so thrown together uh, but I thought they, they had a perfectly good match I do like um, Carrillo I think he's got something uh, I don't know if it's quite there yet because the crowd wasn't really into it but then as the show went on I realised the crowd just weren't really into the crowd just weren't really there to be that involved I don't think I think what they need crowd. to do 
they need to go full tilt on just making Humberto Carrillo a Power Ranger. <laughs> have him come out to that like 1990s Japanese like speed metal. And um, he comes out and he has like a mask on and stuff. And he has like a little watch and you can hear Zordon. And uh, when he's in danger in a match, his finisher is just four other luchadors come out and they form a giant luchador. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so they, they, they were pushing this thing at the end because I, I did see some of the match like in the recap that they played later on in the show. And Jerry Lawler said on commentary uh, as they were showing Andrade and Zelina arguing, could we have another Lana and Rusev situation? And fuck no. Why would you do a sequel <laughs> Why would you reboot that horrible film franchise? We've already seen it. It's not even done yet. Let's not go there. Keep them together and start over. I don't think they're going to do that because this is also the Jerry Lawler that said that Alistair Black's the the evil-looking witch or whatever that Alistair Black's got tattooed on his back. Jerry said this at his (laughs) mum. So I'm all in for them doing Andrade and Vega as a marriage breakup, but only if they somehow have the tattoo on the back of Alistair Black come alive and be his mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, um, like, because it, it's funny that Jerry Lawler even said that, though, because, like, right as the music started for Alistair Black's entrance, he was like, this is my favorite entrance, <laughs> my favorite favorite entrance ever. <laughs> and then I'm going to sit here and take the piss out of him for the next, what, 15 minutes about his tattoos and like, oh God. Anyway, so that was a match that happened. It went 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Humberto Carrillo picked up the win on Andrade. So it looks like they've permanently slammed on the brakes on that uh, Andrade push. Uh, I thought that that's what they were doing with Carrillo, but you know, whatever. Um, Starting the show proper though, is the New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston taking on the revival, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson for the WWE SmackDown Friday Night SmackDown, SmackDown Live, Tag Team Championships. Uh, this match goes like 19 and a half minutes or so. Uh, it was a ladder match also. And this match uh, was really good overall. I think there were some parts that had like a little um, like a little start and stop action where like Big E was just doing like random shit with ladders and stuff for a little while. Um, and the, the match was just sort of like dead for a second. But other than that, I thought this was pretty good. But uh, Scott, what did you think about the opening ladder match? I really enjoyed it. Like the first five minutes, I think I agree with you that felt like it was a bit slow. They were just setting things up. I think from the spot where Biggie went for that splash on the apron, but with the ladder, and Dash Wild, I believe it was moved. I think from then onwards, it really got great because they kept coming up with new things. Kofi, especially, was great, and it was good to see that he got this kind of showcase given like how annoyed everybody was when they lost the WWE title two months ago, because we should not forget he was WWE champion two months ago. It's, WWE <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> it's depressing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it is that depressing that I think we just needed a minute to sit and realize how like bad they've treated Kofi Kingston's title run. Yeah, that, that silence was just sad reflection. And if you're he- and you'll be hearing this after this after that silence was edited out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh god, I can't, I can't edit it out now because I, I mentioned it. You know how many people are going to be looking down at their phones like what the fuck? It says it's running. Yeah, there was no I'm silence. 
<laughs> we needed that silence, just that moment in our head, just thinking, leave the memories alone. Yeah, that hello. was just, I was just say before I said hello, I was just sat here because you guys said, oh, it's the WWE Champion two months ago. And I was just like, oh, God, he was. <laughs> it's like, hello, uh, darkness, my old friend. Anyway. But so, it, Nathan, what did you think of the match? Yeah, the ladder match, it was it was awesome. Uh, these these guys are all all incredible, and I like I like all four of them, so I'm super invested in it. Um, I actually did think the revival were going to win at some point. I can't remember. I, I was after the shatter machine, off the ladder, and I was like, oh god, they're actually going to win, because uh, I didn't really think they had much of a chance. But as you say, that that splash spot on the apron with Big E, and then the big ending off the ladder as well was just oh, yeah. fantastic. And the other thing with Kofi is, I know. We just had a sad reflection moment, but they could so easily put him back in the title picture because when he did that flurry of offense that ended in the trouble in paradise on Scott Dawson, I think, if memory's right, uh, the crowd started, the Kofi chance started immediately and they were just all, all into him as well. So I think they could very easily put him back in the title picture if it's not against Brock. Then, like after the titles off Brock, which is gonna, it's gonna happen at some point. They're gonna want a full-time champion. Then you could very easily put Kofi back in there and Biggie. I think Biggie easily could as well slot into the main title picture. But this is about the tag titles, and I think this was the right, it was the, the right decision probably to have the New Day go over. Mm-hmm. And the match was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Like, I think that maybe the best thing that that has come out of like Kofi having moments like these in this match, uh, like it, that when he comes out for the Royal Rumble, like not everybody is going to just be like, oh, what is he going to do this year to stand on his hands and not get eliminated and stuff? They're going to be like, oh, Kofi Kingston's like a real contender and could possibly win the Royal Rumble here and go on to WrestleMania again. You know, like I think that there's better character development in his title, his title reign than maybe we're and a lot of other people have given it credit for because he does feel like a bigger deal in retrospect, especially now that Xavier Woods, if Xavier Woods was not injured right now, I would probably think that this would be uh, Xavier and Big E and not Kofi and Big E. Yeah, probably. I I don't. I don't know about that. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't know about that because I think if you've got a ladder match, you always put Kofi in there. That's fair. That's fair. But maybe I, uh, I don't know. I just think that maybe uh, uh, like the whole thing about people being so difficult on the title reign was founded and stuff. But now that we're living in a world post the title reign, what he's doing after, um, I know we went hello darkness, my old friend, and everything. But like, <laughs> I think that maybe there is some positives to look at, and maybe those aren't getting a light shined on them as much. Speaking of Scott, what were you trying to say? I was going to say, I was agreeing with your point on the Rumble thing, because I've heard a lot of people in the past, before he won the title, saying, like, it's really going to be a waste uh, one day if Kofi doesn't at some point win the Rumble after doing all these, like, near misses and, like, saving himself from elimination. But I always remember thinking, like, I just didn't see him as a contender. So I think that's one of the good things to come out of his reign as a WWE champion, that you think he didn't get a rematch because they're doing this whole thing, no rematches. Like no automatic rematches, but like you think he could win this engaged rematch against Brock, he probably won't. But it's just the fact that he is a contender now. And Nathan, me and you were messaging back and forth, I think, for a bit during TLC. And one of the best like moments where we both agree, like that was great, was the shark machine off the ladder. 
That was so good. That was that was so well done. And just briefly on the Rumble before we go back to the ladder match, I th- I do think you could have this similar moment as to what happened at Survivor Series a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago with Keith Lee. Is that you get down to the last two or three in the Rumble when Kofi's there, and I think the place would uh, erupt as it did with Keith Lee at Survivor Series, and then you give that one big moment, which was the elimination on Seth for Keith, and you've 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 made a star uh, as they did there. Kofi's already a star, but I think the the way that the crowd reacted to him hitting the Trouble in Paradise. And doing, I can't remember what he did to the other member of the revival, but they all started again. So he is still over. Uh, but that shatter machine was the spot of the match, and that was the one where I bit and I thought, "Crikey, the revival are actually going to win." Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, I, seen, I saw people going into this saying that they thought the revival were going to win purely because it seems like everything the revival seems to use, but even they get a tag title run, and with the releases <laughs> that happened the other week, they thought. It would give them another short tie tight orient to keep them around. But, you know, you kinda of had the belts in the revival and I mean you gotta free them up for that obvious Harlem heat match that's coming. <laughs> yeah, that thing on the pre show with Booker T was really good. Revival just cut him off and just slagged him off basically and brought up Stevie Ray. But I think from from what everything you read, I think it's pretty certain the revival are gonna go when the contracts are up, but it get all these great matches out of them first, as they did with the Undisputed Era on NXT a few weeks ago. Get the matches out of them whilst they're there to build other people if they are going. Because they're still seen as such a legit tag team and it's still seen as a scalp to beat them, even though they haven't necessarily had the main roster run that everyone wanted. But, what yeah. a, but the other thing is just a fantastic way to open the show. Yeah, I think that they couldn't have, they couldn't have cho- chosen a better uh, way to start the, the show and I think uh, that with Kofi Kingston and the New Day that whole dynamic and whatnot I think that there's a lot more to it coming out of coming out of this and especially seeing Kofi like that one spot where they had the ladder up and they were going to throw him into it but instead he threw himself through the bottom rope rolled in and then did a tope to the outside um, oh, and that was it that was fairly was, early was it the one we rolled in the ring and then he went for the tope but no, he went for the baseball slide, and then the revival just lifted up the ladder and slammed it down on him. As yes, he that, yeah, yeah, that. Like oh, he had a lot so of these, good. like yeah, there were a lot of really interesting and cool spots in this match. Obviously, both of these teams are, you know, you could throw a fucking, you can throw these four guys into any type of match, and it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, other than like a few shortcomings, this was like running for match of the night, and it's only the first match on the main show. Um, but then it was quickly followed by another match of the night contender, at least in my opinion. Alistair Black taking on Buddy Murphy in a singles match. This match went about 14 minutes, give or take. Um, and uh, Alistair Black came away with the win. Um, I mean, he just looked a bloody fucking mess at the end of this, though. He definitely broke his nose um, and possibly lost the tooth. Uh, he hit the whole bottom part of his face was just dripping in blood the whole time. Uh, it was because of the, to quote the UFC games from around the Xbox 360 era, and more knees. There was just so many knee strikes in this match. It wasn't doesn't take any, anything away because this match was just like watching like a like a kickboxing uh, like a kickboxing match almost where these two guys were just beating the holy hell out of each other. Love to see this kind of thing. Uh, hopefully, Alistair Black is doing all right. But these two guys definitely, uh, to quote Samoa Joe, 
are probably what the future of this company should look like. Um, Nathan, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think of Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy? I thought, fan- I thought this was fantastic. And the way they built it as well, it kind of relieved it. You often have with WWE main roster pay-per-views, you have that a little bit of anxiety, which might be the wrong word because it's not proper anxiety, that these awesome matchups that they put together where you go, wow, this could be amazing. You go, they're not going to get time. But they built this up. So well, you've made the commentators going, this is going to be the war of the night. This could be the match of the night. You had all three of the commentators mentioning that during the entrance. I think the moment I realized this was going to be exactly what I wanted it to be was when Buddy Murphy did his entrance and he sat down like Alistair Black. Yeah. I watched him do that and I thought, okay, this is actually going to be what I want it to be. It's not going to be, they've only got five minutes because we have to cut it for time sort of thing. And it was, uh, it was brilliant it was brutal some of the kicks from alistair black to the chest of buddy murphy just looked legit but i'm sure he was pulling it because he's that good but it just made me maybe wince a little bit and go oh god please leave buddy alone well i'm sure after i'm sure after buddy murphy broke his fucking nose he was like i'm gonna tag you back a few times um but when alistair black did his entrance and he finally noticed Buddy doing the cross leg sit in the uh, in the ring thing. He went from the one side of the ring to the other, and then fucking like cartwheeled yeah. into the ring at him. Oh, oh so good! And yes. then um, when Alistair Black went for the black mass immediately, and everything like that. But I think the the moment for me where it this match kind of reached its peak point was that knee to Buddy Murphy, and Buddy Murphy just dropped like a sack of SA. S-H-I-T. And uh, I don't know why I'm being polite Yeah, wait, why are sack we... Sack shit. But, um, and then, a sack but, of S-word. A sack it, of S-word. <laughs> for the near fall. And uh, you said it's so much like um, that comedian, Inglasius. Which one is it? Enrique uh, Gabriel, Inglasius. Gabe, Gabriel, Gabriel Inglasius. Inglasius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's my, that my Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> that, that might be where I'm stealing it from to be honest with you. I've just been doing Inglésias. that voice for so long. <laughs> he sounded like the singer Enrique Inglésias. But um, yeah, when he hit that knee and Buddy just dropped, uh, it was just so brutal. And little did little did we know we were going to get a billion knee strikes for the rest of the night. But this was the peak of them, and the ending as well with the flurry of uh, just strikes to each other, and then the black mass. Beautiful, beautiful match. This was art. This wasn't wrestling. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, just from thinking right now, this is definitely match of the night. So, um, Scott, did you do you agree? Was this match like everything you wanted it to be and more, or did it fall short? No, I really enjoyed this match. Like, I was really like excited because they this followed what I thought was match of the night in the ladder match. So, two really strong matches back to back. I was kind of hopeful. I almost felt like they were doing what they did at Hell in a Cell. They had two of the matches. You actually, they actually announced them. They actually cared about well they were starting back to back but i really enjoyed it like as soon as it wasn't like thrown onto the pre-show i knew that was a good sign and like like nathan said with the whole cross-legged thing like this was a match i said last night on twitter and i still believe it this is a match that both these guys needed to have to show people like this is what you guys are capable of these are why this is why you should care about these two because black's been injured he's been sitting in that dark room and Bonnie Murphy's not really done much since since the whole Roland Reigns Daniel Bryan thing and also that music guy is fucking sucks yeah what? 
It's new music. Bernie Murphy's new oh, music. Buddies. Oh, Buddies. I thought you meant Alistair Black's. No, Buddies' right. new music. No, yeah, Buddies' new music. Yeah, yeah, no. That music is awful. Like, it just has, like, no, like, it's it doesn't feel like it's a song that should be used for a wrestling entrance. You know, like, sometimes you get that, like, feeling of, like, oh, there's no drop here. There's no, like, big, because, like, of course, there has to be, like, an entrance, like, to every song now. Like, there has to be a buildup instead of, like, Austin where his glass would break or something. And immediately it was, like, shit's going to go down. This is, like, do, do, ka, do, do. And it's, like, all right, no, no. Let's just make this exciting, please. Ever since they got rid of uh, fucking CFOs, the music has been awful. The Kabuki Warriors theme is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Oh, oh. no, I like it. No, it. I remember that the, the first few opening notes of that of the Kabuki Warriors theme song, like, this sounds, this is borderline racist, this song, and then it, <laughs> and then it stops, and it became kind of as generic as uh, you'd expect, but... That's all. That's just all WWE's music. Like you listen to Humberto Carrillo's and uh, Andrade's music for the kickoff show, and as soon as you hit it, you're like, okay, cool. These guys are Latino. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that may as well. That may as well be what his, their their music is. Just there were, I think, just a few the same three notes, and then every now and then someone shouts, "This guy is Latino." Yeah. <laughs> this guy is Latino. Yeah, they might as well just have him coming out in a poncho and a one of the, what the big Mexican hats are called, sombrero. <laughs> He's Latino. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Just, yeah. sit behind him with a sign and an arrow pointing downward and above it saying <laughs> Latino. <laughs> he just comes in riding a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> they call them burros. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, this black, company yeah. can be very racist. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you remember the Mexicools? On the, yeah. the wand deers. Yeah, when he's coming on lawnmowers. They're called oh. they called them wand deers instead of John Deere because Mexico. God, can we just start? Is it, the world wouldn't accept it these days, but if we could start just doing this for every country, like Alistair Black being uh, Dutch, if he could just come out smoking weed and eating waffles, he'd come out to the fucking the Matt Riddle's theme, bro, <laughs> and then he's just like, what up? <laughs> Oh, and all the Canadians are just too polite to wrestle. Yeah. Every oh, Canadian, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, eh? <laughs> uh, like every Canadian wrestler's new theme is just the words A repeatedly. Eh, eh, eh. I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your friend, pal. The, yeah. like, just like a techno remix of that for every Canadian wrestler. And Drew yeah. McIntyre just doesn't change. Speaking of Canadians, how did Lance Storm get more Canadian? Did anyone see that interview he did when he joined the team on SmackDown nah. a couple weeks ago? He sounds... He's a terrible Canadian. He hates hockey. No, but if you listen to his voice, like, he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm way glad to be here. You know, it's just like picking up just like any... Just, it's, you know, you haven't seen somebody for 12 years, and then you come back, and then it's just like, you never left, you know, just keep talking about where they are, and where I am, and I'm just so grateful to be here, and they're like, oh, thanks, Lance, and he's like, oh, yeah, have a great day, you know, like, it's just, it sounds horrendous. Well, Jimmy, to be serious for a moment. Oh, okay, now, we're, in a hundred and some odd episodes, we're gonna start being serious now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, it's just making our Lance Storm reference. No, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And then, um, he was gonna, then he was going to start dancing and talking about how big his dick is. <laughs> oh. 
I love the fact that some people listening to this won't understand that bit. <laughs> oh, man. Head back for the WWF archives, guys. WWE, Jesus, how old am I? I mean, one story, he did a lot to earn that spot in WWE. Now, like, he had to earn that job. He had to steal the AEW title and everything as proven in KV court. <laughs> Which is legally binding. Mm-hmm. Legally binding, and uh, pro- you know, charges are being processed as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just taking a long time to process. That's why we don't do it much anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there have been WWE employees who have done a lot worse than Lance, but you know. Yeah, fair. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then, for more for more disappointment uh, in the evening. Uh, the Coming up next on Kayfabe Court is the case of Jimmy Snooker. Oh, I th- so wait—we're pushing the Benoit one back a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's got wrapped up. Uh, I fucking heard. Oh my god, I heard on Pot of Thunder they made this great thing where, or they talked about this story where, um, was it David Benoit is actually wrestling or whatever, and oh, someone <laughs> and someone walked up to him at a show and they were like, oh, yeah, oh hey, oh hey, how are you or whatever, and they were like, you're Daniel, right? And he just goes, no, Daniel was my brother. And it's just like, oh god, dude! Like, how do you, how do you not keep that in mind? Like, it's the worst, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to this guy. And then for the rest of his life, he has to be like, no, no, he he could make it. Oh, what he should do one day is say yes, and then when they go home and Google it, they think they were speaking to a ghost. <laughs> he he'll go yes, and then just go, no one will ever believe you, and then walk away. <laughs> Like, do you ever yeah. hear those stories about Bill Murray doing that to people in Central Park? Yeah, I love Bill Murray. He's great. <laughs> He's great. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, horrible tragedies, the Viking experience or the Viking Raiders um, came out and they talked or whatever. And I think the only thing I was able to take away from this was the blonde wig they added to the headdress for one of the Viking Raiders. I can't be bothered to remember which one is which. Um, and it's super blonde. It's crazy looking. Um, made me laugh. And then they issued an open challenge. So everyone's like, oh, my God, it's going to be the fucking Usos or the Street Profits or it's going to be someone super exciting. You'd be fucking wrong because it was California. Those guys came out holding their like Saudi Arabia best in the world trophy. And they were like, we're going to when nobody wanted to believe us that we were good. and We're the best tag team in the world. And Viking Raiders were like, well, bring it. And then they fought and it was boring and it went to a double count out. Uh, so, Scott, do you, did you love this match as much as I did or? So was there a match at this point? I thought this was a big, this was a 10 minute KFC act. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's right. They had the KFC table. This was my match of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to tell people what you messaged me? this match you're you're constantly talking about how much you wanted chicken now yeah and then i i'm not just going to tell people about it i'm going to read everyone to everyone exactly what i wrote okay and uh i'm just going to scroll back through man we talk too much and uh... we never shut up <laughs> nice your references are on fucking point tonight yeah you really i feel like you've been reading pop culture books before this podcast it, it's almost as if you had like two hours like in train stations or something to like just like hang out and get your your thoughts together before you got on this podcast right i mean during this match i wasn't even paying attention because my brother was messaging me the fact how annoyed he was because now he wanted kfc 
it seems like there's so many fast food or takeaway pits near near where he is, but it seems to be the one place he can't go is a KFC, and that's the one thing he wants now because of that fucking table. Well, the yeah. people sitting there and say, I really wanted like just put someone through that table and ruin their fucking chicken. I got really better. Can we talk about those motherfuckers they had eating chicken like next to the ring? And that there was that one guy like three in from the left who was just like, dude, fucking free food. Why not? All right. Fucking and then going to town on this chicken. Oh, they definitely just asked random members of the crowd. They're like, hey, do you want to be part of the show? You get chicken. And they're like, well, yeah, I'm not an idiot. It was such a random place in of the table as well, like not even near commentary or something like that. It was in a random corner near the entrance. Yeah. But but yeah, so this match started and the OC came out. Scott put is the Viking annoyance. I put, well that's underwhelming. I didn't realise this the entire point of this match was to promote chicken. And the reason for that is I thought I had for some reason thought it was going to be the undisputed era. I thought they're setting that up. They're going to want revenge. It's going to be some cool NXT thing. And then the next thing was, I really want some KFC now. Scott pointed out that he had chicken earlier, and then I put, I ordered 18 wings. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking escalated quickly. (laughs) So uh, they were really nice, by the way. But um, Yeah, they were were vegan wings, though, because I'm not eating meat anymore. Oh, you were happy once, and now you're vegan? I'm not vegan, but... They didn't have any vegetarian options. So what are they cauliflower then? The wings? Yeah, I think they were. I'm not too sure, but they were nice. They were pretty spicy. That's good. I mean, you get you get what you need out of it, you know? I didn't eat all eighteen. Well I did, but ten of them were this morning. <laughs> <laughs> For oh, <breakfast>. so the <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, you had your vegetables, dude. Alright. Um, like, so I was busy doing that breakfast. throughout this match, so I don't have anything to say about it because i don't remember any of it because i was, yeah, it, was it was it was bullshit and the crowd responded in kind uh, chanting bullshit but i think that was just at the general presentation of having the viking annoyance and the oc wrestle each other again uh not at the outcome of the match which as i said was a double count out wasn't it, it was sorry i wasn't listening because i was scrolling but... yeah no it was, <laughs> yeah, it, was yeah. it was gross it was gross it was terrible and it was horrible so we're gonna move on to something that's it's even gross. fucking worse you know what is annoying, actually, is that the referee wasn't dressed as Colonel Sanders. Oh, that would have been if so they, great. If they'd gone all in on the KFC advertisement, like if they changed a ring apron, well, they don't even change the ring apron, the LED boards, if they gave the first five rows Colonel Sanders masks, and then if the <laughs> commentators were just dressed as um, as different breeds of chicken for the match. <laughs> different breeds of chicken. Yeah, different so... breeds of chicken. Just go, just go all in on it. And then if they had one bad guy from Popeye's Chicken, just like sneak up wearing the uniform. Oh, and, and do the run they, in? Yeah, and then they all four of them beat him down. And then the, then the match ends with um, all four of them holding each other's hands up and then just circle jerking whilst holding chicken. Okay. I've some uh, from you, Nathan, because clearly you're on something. Um, I'm on nothing to be honest and decide sipping water. <laughs> that was just my fantasy for. Uh, yeah, fantasy. I mean, fantasy note to self. Wrong word. <laughs> no, note to self, make sure to check Nathan's uh, internet history somehow. Because uh, that was wildly specific. Wildly yeah, yeah. specific. Lawler is, was, well, he was shit the whole night, but. 
I was most annoyed with Wall out here because whenever I did join a match, I was just thinking to myself, "Oh, shut the fuck up!" Because at one point, he kept making chicken jokes. He kept making fat jokes about uh, Ivar, basically saying that you'll see should grab some chicken and distract him. Oh, Oh, hey, throw one of them wings over here! And it's like, dude, there's a match going on in the ring. Shut your mouth! Oh no, when when um, and he can't eat fried chicken anyway. He has a heart condition. Oh god, now we've gone too far. Oh, now we've gone too far. <laughs> no, no, no. What I was going to say is um, the bigger Viking guy, when he went to do the Tajiri slingshot elbow and just messed it up completely, it just brought me back to that time, whatever show it was, where I was just like, this guy shouldn't be doing this stuff, didn't be doing cartwheels. Because it just really annoys me with the Viking people is that um, the commentators are always like, they're so agile for their size. I'm like, they're not. They're not he, that he doesn't even do a cartwheel properly. And, like, the worst thing is, is, like, it, this is, like, rampant all over through the company because, like, they have all these bigger guys doing these, ath- uh, in air quotes, athletic shit. But, like, they do it every single match. So how do you not go in there and go, oh, if I kick him this way, he's going to cartwheel. So I'm going to kick him in the face while he's upside down and he's going to break his fat, stupid neck and then he's going to die and we're going to win the championships. Like, I don't understand how... You like get how everybody gets fooled by the same like four things from everybody all the time. It just it it bugs me, you know. Like every time Baron Corbin gets sent into a corner, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna slide under, run around, and come back in." Like it, it there's no like change ups to anything, you know. It, it's very uh, frustrating. I don't know. To be fair, that he did try that in the match against Roman, and it didn't work. So. Because Roman, Roman is a, a god-tier WWE superstar. Uh, he's the only one who pays attention to things. That's a point, actually. You know when Hulk Hogan... Sorry, this match is really boring, so I'm going to segue to something else. You know when oh, Hulk yeah, Hogan yeah. would start hulking up? Why did no one just stop hitting him? Yeah, like, it's lower the just, power he, volume. Yeah, if you just took a step back and went, well, this guy's angry, I'm just going to go. And just would he still would he still have hulked up or would he have just been stuck on his knee oh, like, vibrating like, like like he blue hulked like you know like yeah. he had blue balls or something but like for Hulk Hogan he's like whoa brother I need you to hit me again no please please brother you gotta hit me I gotta get there I gotta get the release <laughs> oh no, god yeah no one picturing no one picturing Hulk Hogan doing his Hulk up and he's turning blue like something out of Willy Wonka. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, that way he just turns into the blueberry, the girl <laughs> who ate the blueberry thing and then expanded loads. Veruca Salt. Sorry? It's a, a Veruca Salt is her name. Her name's Veruca. I think so, yeah. Isn't that Wasn't a thing it... you get on your foot? Oh, that's no, Baruca. Okay, my bad. Um, I, yeah, no, I think it was Veruca Salt. She was the, uh, she was the fucking mean one and shit. Yeah. Like, she was always like, Daddy, I want this thing. You have to get it for me, Daddy. And he was just like, oh, okay. The whole, think, the whole movie. Do you think Charlie was okay after the Chocolate Factory? Because he watched, like, several kids get really fucked. He watched several murders happen, and then he inherited a candy factory from a crazy person. Well, I don't know. Would and, it, are they murders? Because who's liable in that situation? Because Ch- Willy Wonka told the kids not to touch anything, and then all the kids kept touching stuff. Like, is, is Willy Wonka still liable? Like, he would be in 2019. But we're talking no, about Charlie, years ago. Charlie, Charlie got handed the chocolate factory after Willy Wonka, like, let those murders happen. So Willy Wonka gets to walk away rich 
and in his glass elevator. That's the whole thing about the movie is that he just he wanted to kill a handful of people. Mostly children because and he then get the fuck out oh, and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he would give it away and then in like a couple of months or something when the kids haven't turned back up and the parents have made a lot of noise, the fucking the the Billy Club holding police officers are just knocking at his fucking giant door and Charlie answers and he's just like, "What? What's up?" And they were like, uh, "We need to speak to the owner." He's like, well, I'm the owner. Oh, okay. Well, there have been several murders here. Oh, I don't fuck. know if they're. I don't. I don't know if they're murder though, because, like, he he set it up and he was like, no one touch anything in this factory, and then those kids just touched this, that stuff, and they had um they had parents with them, so I think the parents are probably more liable than Willy Wonka. Oh, I think everybody's going down for this. I think everybody everyone except Willy Wonka. Yeah, I mean the parents are going to get like neglect charges and stuff. Like, there's a whole bunch of like law that definitely has been avoided in this in this movie. <laughs> But it's going to be ownership records, so they're going to be like, well, this happened at the time. He's going to be like, well, I was just one of the golden ticket kids, and Willy Wonka was the owner at the time. Here, you can check the public records of this company. But I think, actually, thinking about it, the bigger issue is, what are Oompa-Loompas? And why has Willy Wonka got them all in his factory? Are they slaves? Are they paid? Are they union? I'd like to believe that they maybe came down in what is now the glass elevator, and they're from, like, another planet. And, like, their ship crashed, and he told them he never fixed it. Like, it couldn't be fixed. So he was like, you can stay here and work for me and but, stuff. Uh, but he did fix it. And but he, he did fix it. This whole thing is coming back to Willy Wonka is a criminal mastermind. And even when the police go to him, he's going to be like, you lose! Good day, sir! That's his... And then shut the door in their face, and he's not going to be liable. So That's then Charlie, movie, Charlie's, got, Charlie's got to deal with a lot of, like, labor law as well. Because our Oompa Lump is registered. <laughs> In oh. in the United, uh, I'm guessing the film took place in the United States. No, it was in the United Kingdom, wasn't it? Oh, it's England. Oh shit! So there's a lot of labor laws over here. So what the fuck are in Olympus? I'm really oh, enjoying ha- this TLC review. Oh by my the god, way. they're they're undocumented. <laughs> are they That's paying what taxes? It is. That's the main thing I want to get. That's the to. main are these thing. motherfuckers playing taxes. I'm not paying I, for no NHS for Oompa-Loompas. Guys, tune in next week for our in-depth review and investigation onto Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Oompa-Loompas. Good God. There's a lot to unpack from that film. This tag match wasn't very good, though. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to something else that's not as interesting and way too long and should probably be registered for a certain crime or two. King Corbin versus Roman Reigns in a Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match. This match goes... 22 fucking minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it was so boring. There were, there were good spots in it. I don't want to shit on it entirely. I don't want to dog food all over it entirely. But like this, yeah, you see what I did there? Ha <laughs> ha, tie five. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I liked certain things from this match. Like obviously uh, some of the, the weapon spots were kind of cool. Them going through the crowd actually worked a little bit better for me than I was thinking it was going to. Um, Roman not actually winning in the way that I thought Roman was going to overcome the odds and beat five people to win this tables, ladders, and chairs match was kind of cool, I guess. But overall, it was a Baron Corbin match that went 22 minutes, and they've learned nothing from Raw from, what, last year, where we thought we had enough of these Baron Corbin 20-minute matches. But um, fucking goddammit, like, I don't know, whoever wants to go first, just, just, just go. I hate this fucking match. So, yeah, it, it kind of happened. 
Uh, it was a brawl, which is kind of what I expected it to be. And there was a lot of kind of hard-hitting stuff in this match. I do enjoy Roman Reigns' matches for the most part, but I kind of just agree with you that Baron Corbin matches are just, they're very slow. They're a bit plodding, but there were some good spots in here. I thought Baron Corbin held his own. I don't necessarily hate him as much as everyone else seems to, because I just enjoy him being a bad guy who I don't really enjoy seeing because he's a bad guy. And yeah, I think just when the interference started to happen, it became a bit predictable. Like you had Dolph Ziggler. To be fair, he appeared out of nowhere because of the camera angle. And he... That super kick was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I did wonder why he knew he, he knew he was probably going to interfere in this match. So why was he wearing skinny jeans? Like, that's not practical, Dolph. He doesn't own anything else. He is a man who knows exactly what he looks like. Exactly. Like he and then is... he was wearing a Bobby Roode t-shirt, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bobby Roode, who is injured, everyone. And, yeah, um, yeah they, they had a decent back and forth. Dolph's always pretty... He's always fun in the ring as much as I hate on him. There were some cool table spots in here. The Revival came in and Roman Reigns just kind of went batshit all over them. And, yeah, I thought... I thought the match was, it was okay. I'm kind of glad that Baron Corbin won. Because I thought if Roman Reigns wins, it's, it was just going to continue kind of the feud. Cause, which I'm actually wrong about because the feud's continuing anyway. After mm-hmm. what happened at the end of the show. But it was a cool brawl. I've kind of, I don't get why it was TLC. Because like, the pay-per-view is TLC. Yeah, but why not just go, oh, okay, guys, it's Extreme Rules. Oh, that's another pay-per-view, actually. Um, fuck, I guess they're right. It was just make it just make it a, like a street fight or something. Like, they could still use table, tables, ladders, and chairs, but the inclusion of a ladder, to me, says, like, well, they should be, they should be, like, fighting over something. They should have to, like, if there was, like, a dog collar hanging from it and you could tie up the person and, like, tie them up and then beat them up and whatever... You know, what, I mean, something other than making this a TLC match. They even had to explain it later on for the women's tag title match where they were just like, oh, uh, other other than like in the, the last one, they have to climb the ladder and stuff. So then why make them the same match? They're not the same match. Well, yeah. It was all about being a locker room leader. So why not just have a giant badge that just says, <laughs> I am the locker room leader on it. And Which... you climb up and you get to pin it to your little vest. I didn't like the whole like it took all these guys to come in all security to beat up Roman because the biggest complaint when Roman was in the main event was how strong he always looked and this just reminded me of maybe a random reference but you remember in the 94 Rumble when about 20 heels came out to help Yokozuna beat the Undertaker and they basically murdered him you can't murder what's dead Scott yeah well, he floated up into heaven, apparently, according to Vince McMahon. So that, that's, clearly, a, that's, actually the, uh, that's actually the tagline of Zegway. <laughs> you can't murder, can't what's, murder dead. what's dead. <laughs> I'll be honest, though. The result of this made me think that Charlotte and Becky were actually going to win the women's titles because I thought, if this is going on, then the women's titles is probably the main event, which well, I wanted it to be. But I thought, oh, that means then Becky and Charlotte are going to win, and I wanted the Kabuki Warriors to win. Oh, so at least you went home happy. Mm. So following 
all of that, whatever the fuck it was. Um, next up is Bray Wyatt going one-on-one, not for the title, against The Miz. And with the- I've, got, I've got this, Jimmy. You, okay, okay, take it. Take the floor is yours. Floor is yours. Uh, it's nearly Christmas. So first off, thank, <laughs> first off, thank you, WWE. For a long time, all I've wanted on these pay-per-views, as much as I've complained, uh, moaned, uh, been fucking hilarious. Uh, all I've really wanted to see is The Miz. And I got a little taste of his beautiful, beautiful face last m- month or like two weeks ago at Survivor Series. But this is the first time I've got to see him wrestle at, whilst at Rogue Opinions. I say at Rogue Opinions like it's a place. It's not. But um, it, it was... Kayfabe. It was, it was, it was beautiful, brother. <laughs> he, he, he had his little Naruto headband on. And his... his really cool jacket and um man he dresses weird for a white guy doesn't he but um <laughs> but uh i love the miz the miz is great i don't care what anyone says and this story is also great this story has been fantastic and uh, i think the segment on smackdown and everything to jump to jump straight into the match this stuff on smackdown on friday with the way they shot the interview with renee young and then they did the kind of horror movie bit with the baby cam on the iPad with Maurice and Monroe Sky making her baby. Every time I say Monroe Sky, I hope you guys did. You guys watch that Cultaholic WrestleMania yeah. one with Jack Foy? It was the name of a band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Every time I say Monroe Sky, I just giggle a little bit because that was such a stupid thing. But uh, this is just fantastic. Uh, the the match it was well. Do we guys want to get into the character no, development? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't The Fiend, it was Bray Wyatt. He just came out in a jumper, which first off, my instant thought was, that man is going to be hot. <laughs> like, he's about to sweat buckets. Uh, just the Firefly, Funhouse Music, he had the blue Universal title. And uh, the match was what it was. It was the Miz fighting for his family. He came out all scrappy, but then just got absolutely destroyed. Uh, no... Mandible claw, though, from memory. Unless I'm wrong. Are one of you about to tell me I'm wrong? No, he barely had any offense in this match at all. No, it was just no... uh, So, no mandible claw. He finished with the sister, Abigail. And Bray Wyatt kind of... He's such a brilliant actor because he kind of looks surprised when he won. He didn't want to do it. Like, you could see in his eyes, like, the character didn't want to fight the Miz or hurt the Miz. That's not what this character does. That He's not the Fiend. And I will get into the post-match stuff uh, in, in a moment, but what I thought was really interesting was that Miz had a shitload of offense over the six and a half minutes this goes, maybe almost seven minutes this goes, and it was pretty much all the Miz. Uh, Bray Wyatt, I think he hit, what, three Sister Abigails this whole match? That I mean, that's like yeah. it. And the one he did off the barricade was just like, oh, okay. And then he turned back into happy-go-lucky uh, Miz, which fucking Michael Cole didn't let the audience just sort of watch it and enjoy it. He was just like, you know, and there's the smile of the, of, of the guy from the funhouse. He's, tur- he's like having a character crisis. And it's just like, all right, let us, let us figure that out, buddy. Like, you've been doing this for 20 years. Let us, let us sort of watch the character development go. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they, I'm torn about this match. I either I keep falling between loving it and hating it, and uh, yeah. So I don't know. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, Scott, did you did this do anything for you? Did this get you? Does it get you riled up at all, or was this more of a, like, what in the fuck did I just watch? Oh, no, I loved this. I loved everything about this. <laughs> nice. Because, like, the last couple of weeks, I thought, when they did the initial segment with The Miz before, they did the whole Photoshopped image of Bray with Maurice in that, I was like, okay, this seems kind of thrown together, like, we're just waiting for Brian, but then, with just, in the just two weeks, I've gone from, eh, I don't know, to, like, I really want to see this, I want to go see this going for ages. Because, like, it's just an interesting idea. It's, we've got to see a new side of, like, the character, a new kind of kind of way of looking at it because you've got Fun Housebury who can wrestle and doesn't have to come out as a fiend. And then you had the bit where he was on the ring and the fiend was on the Titan Tron, which I thought was interesting. Bray, I thought, looked a bit scared when he first saw the fiend on the, on the Titan Tron, which, because he's always warning people, like, be careful because the fiend, he's not a man. He's, he is basically fear. And the fact that he came out looking all happy to the Funhouse music, just, just that just killed me. When he kept uh, going back out on the apron to wave and hold the title up and shit, and the crowd just popped so hard every time I was like, they love this fucking guy. Yeah, and like, he took his stuff to take a selfie and everything. It was just great. And I really loved the whole thing with Monroe and having the puppets in and the crib with her because I was thinking about like, this is basically what he's been talking about. This is, what ha- this is what happens when you let him in. Yeah, and the crowd was chanting, let him in. The crowd, like, the second The Fiend showed up on the screen, um, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, the second he showed up on the screen and then Bray went from, like, abject horror to, like, being so happy that The Fiend was there and then the lights were going down, lights were going down. Um, and yeah, all of a sudden... The lights all come back up at once and somebody in a red hoodie comes in and Psycho knees the holy hell out of Bray Wyatt. And it is revealed that it is a a brand new, fresh shave. Somebody finally caught him off of that uh, desert island he's been trapped on, (laughs) like in Castaway. Shaved and he shaved himself down. Daniel Bryan is back. Um, more looking like um, the American Dragon, Debray, or like what was it, 2012? No, 2016, 2006, uh, 2006 rather, uh, when he first came in and he had like the short hair and the no beard and whatever. Uh, so Daniel Bryan is back, guys. Like, and he's back and looking pretty strong and he's doing the yes movements. So, I mean, do we see another match at Royal Rumble, do you think? I definitely, I would definitely go with the whole idea that people have been pushing about the uh, whole idea of the triple threat between him, the Miz, and Prime. Because when while Miz lost, I don't think he's gonna let go of everything that happened in the last couple of weeks with Bray, like basically almost kind of breaking into his house and leaving the puppets there or whatever he did. But yeah, I, I remember seeing Brian. Like I was better than be clean the gym. I didn't think he'd be. Like, it's almost like they took 2010 Brian and brought him forward, like, 10 years and just planted him here. Like, okay, you're Daniel Bryan now. You you live here. But the best thing about this is I saw somebody with the four, like, pictures and you slowly see Daniel Bryan with a pair of sunglasses and a bit more hair on the top. 
how much he actually looks like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I saw that too. That looks fantastic. That is so great. I think I think it's weird because like now for the first time, because I don't think he he has cut his hair or sh- like shaved his beard, like at all over the time that he's like he had it shaped up a little bit when he was like retired and wearing the sweaters and stuff. But it's been a few years, and to see him with like the freshly shaved face and stuff, like you can actually see the wear and tear a little bit now. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to me. Yeah, I do like this idea because it's been adding like credence to this whole idea that the fiend wrestling the fiend affects you, like the heel, the heart glove turned set and thin heel, and then the heel glove caused Brian to regress back to how he used to look like when he first came in. Yeah, I mean, I just love the vision change and the whole way they did it on SmackDown with the fiend dragging Daniel Bryan to, well, what they used to call hell when it was The Undertaker or Kane doing it underneath the ring, which is usually such a kind of cheesy... Cheesy's maybe the wrong word, but we've seen it so many times with The Undertaker and Kane of them dragging people through the ring, but the way they did it with The Fiend and Daniel Bryan and then the vision of him ripping out Bryan's hair, mm-hmm. it just made it so much more, and I think they've expanded on a story that potentially could have died with The Fiend. The Fiend did beat Daniel Bryan rather easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way they've kind of expanded that and told the story continuously using The Miz. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Miz's relationship with Daniel Bryan as well, which is very much broken, is also... Uh, they've just done an excellent job of telling a great story. And I'm looking forward to seeing if Daniel Bryan changes at all. Uh, mm-hmm. When he gets back in the ring, if he adapts his style again, uh, maybe back towards... Well, I don't know if he can wrestle like the American Dragon did because of, obviously, uh, head stuff. But um, He was if, way more submission-based in Ring of Honor. Like he, like, he was actually safer sometimes in Ring of Honor, except he got a lot of those concussions in Ring of Honor because people were hitting him. I don't know if, I don't know if maybe that would maybe you, change the style anyway. Do you think... Um, if they brought out Daniel Bryan on SmackDown this week and he announced that he was Bryan Danielson, do you think, how insane do you think everyone would go? Pretty much. I think there would be a big reaction. Well, I think the only, the only issue I can think of instantly is that you're kind of ripping off Matt Hardy's Lake of Reincarnation. <laughs> well, you, well let's in. not forget Bray went into the Lake of Reincarnation at one point. Mm-hmm. Any... That's where the that's where he got the gloves. The gloves were at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and there you go. They you just float it to the bottom, and you're like, "Hey, what are these?" Because <laughs> they're so because they're so heavy. Those those gloves, they just you know floated all the way to the bottom. Interesting. That thought I had the other day was this whole idea that one of uh, his gloves basically turns you, forces you to go back to like, a previous version of yourself, much like how Brian looks. I thought to myself, now he's in the feud with the Miz. Around about the time John Morrison has come back. Coincidence? Ooh. Hmm. Well, I had this idea uh, about the gloves as well, that they are actually aliens from a, a, a different planet. <laughs> no. And Give me a they, second. No. Hold on. Go with me on this one, guys. Go with me. <laughs> no. If you say the word boys. <laughs> no, so no, angry. of course not. I wasn't gonna say boys. I was gonna say virgin boys. Oh, for <laughs> sake. Go back to 
go back to the <laughs> create a Christmas movie oh, or create a Christmas mascot episode oh, no. when that when yet. that when it comes out. You know, I was gonna save it. I was gonna save it, Scott. Well, fuck me then. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's even happened yet. In in the rogue opinions timeline, you're ruining things from the future. I know I'm breaking kayfabe all over the place. <sighs> I mean, there's also a shit about the timeline. I mean, if Sean or Carl were here, they would probably explain it to you in Doctor Who terms. But I don't watch that shit. No, that series is is also gone. <laughs> is it? Uh, apparently, so so I got told earlier today in the timeline. Why do people need to hear this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're in charge of the edit, dude. You're in charge of whether or not people hear this. I'm not editing any of this. I'm Good. Just gonna, I'm, I'm just going to put it out raw. <laughs> well, he said, I don't know why people are hearing this. I yeah. thought that about five minutes into that whole Wally Wonka discussion, but... That's that's... Was a bloody, that was a bloody interesting conversation. That was the most interesting thing that's happened on people this entire... People like true crime, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, oh I can't deny God. that. Oh, my God. If we get CSI Wonka... <laughs> I'll do a seven-part series, like a like a like a fucking like a, a true crime podcast. I will do a seven-part series on Willy Wonka, the Chocolate Factory, all the fucking Oompa Loompas. I'm dead. I'm deadly serious. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah no, I don't. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this in, so it's a promise. I want that to be a thing, and I want us to treat it insanely serious. Yeah, play it straight up, straight down the fucking center. We got to get to the bottom of this. It's a kayfabe. It's a kayfabe court like special. exclusive special. Oh my god, guys! Twenty twenty on Rogue Opinions. It's going to be the place to be. So head onto iTunes now. Subscribe five stars. Write a review of the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as the review for this podcast. <laughs> and then make sure you make sure you you copy all the text in that and you send it individually. To yeah. Ben underscore E-B-E-R-T. Yeah. If you send if you send it to Ben underscore E B E R T, proof that you've written a review of the original Willy Wonka as an iTunes review of Rogue Opinions, he will send you a copy of Black Hawk Down. <laughs> Does he just have like a shitload of copies of Black Hawk Down? Do they sell that like a whole bunch in Taiwan that like like is that just really popular over there or whatever? Or? No, but it's become my new thing because he <laughs> he still doesn't check Twitter. So I've been telling people to send him shit and promising them that he'll send them copies of mo- of random movies I think of on iTunes. So I'm hoping he's going to log in and have and he's going to owe people a lot of the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, make sure that uh, if you include in your DM looking for your uh, your copy of Chronicles of Riddick or Black Hawk Down, that you include the hashtag Pitch Black, hashtag Vin Diesel, hashtag uh, that uh, he will also send you Pitch Black, so you get the whole chronicle of Riddick. Like, you get everything Riddick in one. I, I watched um, Pitch Black. It's the, the best day, one of all of them. It was on them, TV. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Like, it's not it bad, just, yeah, it's not bad. It was just on TV the other day, and it was actually, like, the effects aren't great because it's a 2000 movie. But um, it was really good. And I like seeing Keith David. Never don't like seeing Keith David in a movie. Now that, now that his name has been invoked, I would like to remind everybody that Keith David did a movie called Tales from the Hood 2. And <laughs> it is it is the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen because it's so awful. It's like if uh, Tales from the Crypt were hosted by a like a black guy who was a demon 
and they had all these super like racist stories, but like they were done in like a horror thing. It's I can't even begin to tell you how many times the N word is used by white people in that movie. Um, is it more than Django? It's more uncomfortable than in Django because Django feels like a movie. This just feels like the actors agreed because they were like, "Oh, I get to, I, I get, I get to say that. Like, you're gonna pay me for this? Like, really?" It was on Netflix uh, last Halloween. But if you can find Tales from the Hood two, watch it and send your reviews to Ben underscore EBRT, and he will send you a copy of I don't fucking know um, Titanic on VHS. <laughs> Oh, on VHS, Jesus. The double it was the double VHS where you got half the movie. It was like a whole collector's edition. Oh, okay. Well, um I'm sure that's easy. That's easy to find. You get a lot of just weird movies on TV. Uh have I told you about you, you know when you go into like an electronics store and they have all the TVs set up like and they're showing shit so you can see what all the TVs look like, but they always set it to a really weird like aspect ratio. Yeah. Make it look way more cinematic. Have I told you about the time I went into in, into one and they had House Party 2 playing on all these TVs? Did you buy a TV? Because <laughs> that's the place I want to buy my fucking TV from. No, I needed a Bluetooth speaker, but I was just stunned because I was looking at it and I was like, is this House Party? <laughs> and I realized it was House Party 2 because that's what it was said in the top of the screen because it was obviously like a demonstration version of the film. And I was just like, that's a really, this is a really weird way to watch House Party. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's set to a weird aspect ratio where it looks like it's Victorian. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, it's like, I had a really good, kind of got gold lens over it. And it just, it just looked weird. And I was like, this is an odd film choice. But usually it's always The Dark Knight or Avatar. Yeah, those movies that like look pretty and shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I feel like they were doing it for a prank. So, guys, movie reboot idea for the three of us to make. (laughs) The House Party series done in Victorian England. (laughs) Oh, my God. Where everyone's just... It's back where everyone thought gin was medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm talking, like, full-on period piece. Like, no bullshit. Like, it's just all over the place. Like, straight to the point. But it's House Party. That's so good. Oh, you do yourself a favor. Watch House Party 1, House Party 2, and then watch Class Act. Oh, Class Act. Class Act is good. Class Act is, <laughs> class act is a class act, dude. It's pretty fucking <laughs> It's pretty <laughs> fucking great. Like, you need to watch all three of those movies. Watch House Party, then watch Class Act, and then watch House Party 2. That's the, that's the order to do it in. These boys um, are making House Party 1 look like House Party 2. <laughs> Yeah, if we could do it in Victorian England, because everyone was on heroin. Because no one really knew what was going on So, like, that. what would it be in Victorian England? It would be, like, flat festival? No, they didn't have flats back then. Um, it would probably just be set in, like, a lock-in at a local tavern. And everyone would just be pissed up on whatever's cheap. Probably gin. And No, that was medicine. Yeah, but everyone was sick. <laughs> yeah, everyone had like consumption and shit. Yeah, everyone had diarrhea. <laughs> speaking, like, speaking of like, diarrhea, speaking of diarrhea. Oh god, we're meant to be reviewing. Wait, did, Scott, did, you, did you get to, did you get a chance to talk about Bray Wyatt versus the Miz? Jesus fuck. 
I think we got a chance to talk about it. He's too busy IMDBing class act. <laughs> there are fucking four of these things. There are! Yeah. There are four of these movies! Three Only watch the first one. Garbage. Only watch the first one. I love how also, you told me, watch class act in between Paris parties one and two. Well, it says here class act came out after house party two. I'm confused. Yeah. In the universe, it takes place before House Party 2. That's how they get to the second House Party, dude. Thank you, Jimmy. How else would you have a second House Party if you don't know how it's set up? Yeah, if you don't have a class act in between, Scott, how the fuck are you meant to get to the second House Party? Yeah, you only have a House Party at the end of every semester. Jesus Christ. Ah, dude, it's like you're not even in college. Oh, we haven't done this bit for a... We haven't done this bit for a while, but Jimmy, can I just have a quick chat with you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah scott go over into the fridge and just if you wouldn't mind just uh, check out the the new drawings i put up there oh my god go what, what was it uh go drink some what was the shit that was in energy drinks that kills your sperm oh yellow five go drink some yellow five it's mountain dew in the fridge go ahead Man, uh jimmy this guy he doesn't even know what order to watch the fucking house party films in no, he even fucking looked it up, and he had no fucking idea, dude. He was so busy being like, oh, there's a four of these, I'm going to have to watch all four in order. Like, no, because there's house parties to watch in between. Fuck's sake. Yeah, there's 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 stuff to watch. And, yeah, I know it came out, but it's like it's like he's never seen, like, a Marvel movie where, like, they establish a universe, you know? like. Yeah, the house party universe, everyone thinks the MCU is super in-depth, and you have, to watch, you have to watch and read and listen to everything. But the house party universe, that's fucking serious. Yeah, like they, nobody talks about how like we're like like Marvel really took a lot from the House Party universe. Like, like it's it's like the bench, it's like the roots that grew the tree that is the Marvel universe. Yeah, pretty much. And everyone always says that House Party is the perfect tree. But how could he not fucking see it, dude? It's it's one of the seminal movies of my lifetime. Like that's my. <sighs> right. Let's finish this TLC right, review. Let's... But I just need you to know I'm I'm kind of in a bit of a bad mood now. Speaking of diarrhea, Bobby oh, Lash. Sorry. Hey, is this is this drawing of an Umberto Carrillo too racist or? <laughs> oh god, is that a? Oh god, you even that you? Why do you draw the donkey's dick? Because you got to be true. There's got to be truth in journalism, dude. Oh okay. Anyway. Well, that's not even the donkey's dick. The donkey's dick is there. That's Humberto's dick right there. No, it's Humberto's dick, yeah. Like I said, there's got to be truth in... Ger- he's a he's a suave Mex- like Mexican, Spanish-American gentleman. I mean, you don't get to beat someone like Andrade without a dick that thick. No, you For don't. Sure. That, that's, For sure. That's how matches are often decided. That's what people don't realize. That's why Rusev has no chance. <laughs> why do you think Batista's never lost a match? Ever. Why do you think he failed getting to the ring at WrestleMania? Yeah, everyone thinks, oh, he tripped over the rope on his ankle. Nope. Nope. Dick hit, dick hit the rope. Dick hit the rope. We all, everyone, heard, we all everyone, heard his dick hit the rope. Yeah, and everyone knows, the, as the old saying goes, if your dick hit the ro- hits the rope, hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that <laughs> saying many times. That's how you get through life. That's what your uncle that you only see at Christmas always says to you. Yeah, you know. Dick hits rope, hit floor. Your dick hits the rope, hit the floor. It's like stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> it was the original stop, drop, and roll. As long as men have had dicks, they knew what's the next match. Have... Jimmy, what's the next fucking match? <laughs> we dragged this joke out. Speaking of diarrhea, <laughs> speaking of diarrhea, Bobby Lashley with Lana taking on Rusev uh, in its tables match. Uh, this match went 13 and a half fucking minutes. A tables match. 
went 13 and a half minutes. Um, this match was not great. Um, it, also, Bobby won. Uh, Lana came out looking like a bag of Jiffy Pop uh, in that fucking dress. Do you guys have Jiffy Pop in the UK? Like the one that you hold over the stove? And I mean, it, and it I pops. I knew what you meant. You said it to me, and then I Googled it, and then I realized, yeah, we do have that. It's just like the tray of popcorn that you hold over, like, the hob or some shit and wait for it yeah. to pop. And oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I said last night that it looked like she was wearing a dress made of cling film, but... Oh, good, it did as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So rather she's been wrapped up and put in the fridge for later. She basically just... What we're really saying is she looked like shit. Yeah, I mean, look. she was still very pretty. Don't get oh, yeah, me. she she's she's a she's she's a beautiful woman, but but uh, she did look like I saw someone tweet that she looked like sexy C three PO, and I thought that was pretty funny. I can't remember who tweeted that. That's oh wow, lot. sexy three sexy three PO. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That is pretty good. I can't remember who tweeted that, but I saw someone tweet it. So credit to the internet. I, I know you can't remember, but credit to the internet for thinking that shit up. Like, all right. But yeah, I mean, this match, it's kind of cool just sometimes in wrestling just to see two giant people punch each other a lot, and then the rest of it was crap. Yeah, I was hoping my very low expectations for this would help. It didn't. If anything, it was worse. Because I thought these guys can have a good match. Uh, they can they can probably have a good singles match, but it turns out they can't have a good tables match. This is my question for everyone: uh, Has anyone ever had a good tables match? Yeah, the Hardys and the Dudleys. Yeah, but that was yeah, but that was that was, that was nineteen than... years ago. You didn't say has anyone in the last few years. You said anyone. So I thought that was open to any time. Okay, has anyone... It's at such a high bar that no one's barely fallen in 19 Has anyone ever had a good singles tables match? Are you forgetting the five-star classic that is Big Show versus Cody Rhodes? Oh, where Big Show's foot, like, went through the table on the outside because Cody, like, kicked one of his feet? Yep. I've never seen this. Oh, it's brilliant, dude. You have to see it. The whole match is Cody getting his fucking ass kicked, and uh, Big Show, like throws Cody in over the ropes and then goes to like get into the ring and then Cody does a basement drop kick to his leg and his one foot comes off the ring apron and goes through the table and Cody Rhodes wins the Intercontinental Championship. Oh man, that sounds awesome. I'm going to go watch Class Act 3. Um, <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. That was obviously the best match of all time. Um, I mean, the only one of these like at tables, ladders, and chairs, when you take one of those three elements and you put them into a match stipulation, the only one that I actually really enjoy is, and I know this is going to be hard for people to believe, Kalisto and Baron Corbin in the oh, chairs match. Chairs match. I was just thinking you were about to that say shit, that. That yeah, was a that good match. That shit was so good. Because they actually did some inventive stuff. But um, this is the problem with just having pay-per-views like this, is that they're called Tables, Ladders, and it's called TLC. First off, it's not named after the band TLC. First strike in the box. Yeah, and second, it means we just have to have these random 
matches with these random stipulations the whole time. It's like when we get to the promo package of Charlotte and Becky Lynch with the Kabuki Warriors, and you see in the promo package they're doing that thing backstage, you're like, I've got an idea. Let's challenge them to a match where we have tables, ladders, and chairs. And you're like, well, yeah, because that's what the fucking show's called. Like, why do... Why... We should just start naming everything, films and TV, after what's going to happen in the film. Like, we should just rename Avatar and just call it Sam Worthington Gets Shoved Into an Alien. And that should be the name of the film, because that's what happens. Weird yeah. blue alien shit, the trilogy. So yeah. You should, you should rename The Happening, You're Wasting Your Time. Uh, that's, <laughs> don't, don't talk to me about The Happening. The Happening is legit the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Good. Dude, it's the fucking trees, dude. Like they're in that, they're in the fucking atmosphere, dude. The fucking, the trees are blowing and the people are getting fucking sick and turning into fucking monsters, dude. My, I really enjoyed Jimmy's impression of Mark Wahlberg. If Mark Wahlberg sucked in a bunch of helium before he filmed the scene of the happening, <laughs> he might as well have. Because fuck, this is, this is a true story. Is that um, Ben from the Naked Men podcast? Him and our other friend called Ben, who we talk about quite often on the podcast as well, they were going to go to the cinema after school one day. And the film they were going to go see was The Happening. I didn't want to go, and they talked me into going. And so I, I went, and I didn't know anything about The Happening. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll come. And then we went, and it was it's still, to this day, the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. And it's not just me, because after the film, the old couple in front of us get up. The guy turns around, he looks at his Google, and he just goes, I'm going to go ask for a fucking refund. And he did. <laughs> because as we walked out, he was there at the fucking ticket thing. <laughs> he should. Everybody who paid to see that horrible pile of shit that was the I happening. I to do it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I, I think... I think M. Night Shyamalan should be sending money to everybody who's ever seen that movie just no, to help erase the movie from my brain. No, I think he should go around to every living plant on this planet and apologize for besmirching their character. And it just the way it ended as well, when they just ran towards each other with that smart woman and that dead-eyed woman just running towards each other and they're like, oh no, we won't have to kill ourselves because of love. And it's just, just, fuck. I hated that film, and I didn't really like this match either. But I'd rather watch this match than that film again. Sorry, I, I my, my doorbell just went off a few minute, minutes ago, and, like, I didn't answer it because some, like, random Spanish person, like, walked through the door and, like, rang my doorbell the other day. So, like, I'm just ignoring my doorbell from now on. But, uh... I'm very curious to know what's going on. Uh, just we'll, we'll we'll move on to the main event. We'll move on to the main event. Um, okay. Is it, is it Mark Wahlberg? Oh, dude, do you think he heard my impression of him? I I do it. I hope he fucking hears me, dude. Like sounds um, more like Donnie Wahlberg. Well, Donnie's the the useless Wahlberg. I mean, everybody knows that. Well, I mean, he was on new. He was in New Kids on the Block, though. Oh oh oh. They and he was in that. So I mean, that makes him. Like, okay, but Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg, dude. Yeah. Marky okay. Mark and the Funky Bunch. Speaking um, of a funky bunch. Hang on, just, just quickly. Did we mention that Bobby Lashley won? I did. At the oh, beginning. okay. That, that but Bobby, 
But Bobby won, and they were like, Rusev Day is canceled! Oh my god! Uh, and shit like that, all, so... There was all chance at saving this feud by not putting Lana through a table. Was that too much Oh, death? fuck, that would have been great! Like, even Stephanie McMahon went through a table one time. Oh, I, did, I did enjoy just... I, I kind of blocked it. I did enjoy getting a little bit of retro Jerry Lawler during this match. But when he was coming out, and he was just on a it was sort of about Lana and Rusev wanting to have sex, and he was like, "Yeah, my first wife. We only had Olympic sex." And Vic Joseph literally went, "What does that mean?" <laughs> like, like live on commentary, Jordy went, "Once every four years." I was no, like, I, your marriage didn't last four years for a fucking start, Jerry. <laughs> that that's true. That that's a solid point. But like when you even because you could audibly hear Vic and Samoa Joe yeah. go. They had no idea what he was on about. <laughs> no idea what how to respond. And if you can stop Samoa Joe, this is a guy who got a, a like a math promo got cut on him, and he was still able to not just laugh at Scott Steiner for a month and a half until that fucking match ended up happening. And then you stop him with Olympic sex. Like I was thinking about like Kurt Angle positions and like all this other crazy shit. And he just goes once every four years. And I was like, Jerry, you slimy bastard, you still got it. You still fucking got it. He talks about the three rings of marriage, the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffering. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. He's so shit, but I love him. I don't know. What a match. Uh, what a show, guys. What a podcast. Um, <laughs> speaking of a dirty dozen group of people, I don't know, whatever. The Kabuki Warriors took on Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a TLC match for the WWE... Women's Tag Team Championships. This match went 26 minutes. And it was messy. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Sane, obviously, uh, as we all know at this point, suffered a concussion. Um, and Charlotte Flair did not help that in any way, shape, or form. When she powerbombed her through the... I'm going to take a... I'm going to jump ahead very quickly and just say that powerbomb through the table on the outside of the ring uh, to the left-hand side of the commentary station... Um, she, if she was over like like an inch or two, Kyrie Sane's head would have bounced off the corner of a ladder, and that's because Kyrie Sane took a spear wrong, and you could see Charlotte slap her on the back and then try to power bomb her, and Kyrie's like, "Dude, don't power bomb me. My equilibrium's all fucked up because of a concussion." And Charlotte's like, "Nope," and like lifted her up and slammed her through a table. Charlotte, I, I don't agree with some people that are saying that she should be fined or whatever, but I think from now on we should just be watching Charlotte Flair a little closely just to see how much of Randy Orton she's going to become over the years because this is bullshit that, like, a woman gets a concussion and you can see uh, Becky didn't start off, like, after she fi- – because Becky figures out that she has a concussion very quickly and she stops hitting her in the head. They stop doing big things to her for the most part – Unless Charlotte was in control. Charlotte goes to spear her and Kyrie tries to save herself with the little bit of cognitive ability that she has left after being like demolished. It, and it had to have been from that fall away slam on the entrance ramp, like yeah. uh, onto the barricade. It had to have been then. Um, don't believe that stupid meme that's going around where people are like, look at this fan footage of Becky Lynch throwing a monitor. And it, the monitor comes nowhere close to Kyrie saying, so stop spreading that bullshit around. It's, it's bullshit. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Charlotte should be uh, Charlotte should have to lose to Kyrie in like a week or two once Kyrie's had a chance to like 
like rest or whatever, I think Kyrie should go over Charlotte just for like some sort of like retribution in the wrestling sense or whatever. But uh, this match was messy. It wasn't terrible, but it was messy, uh, mostly because of the concussion. Um, and the the Kabuki Warriors came away holding the titles above their heads. Well, Oscar above Oscar's head because Kyrie couldn't stand vertically anymore. Um, but uh, Nathan, what was your opinion on the main event? And we will get to what happened to close the show after we finish talking about the main event here. Yeah, it was. It was brutal uh, with all the weapon shots and everything they were doing and them tying Becky to the ladder and things like that. As you say, it was just, it was very sloppy and it just looked like everything looked like it hurt a lot. And I do like what the Kabuki Warriors are doing with kind of their, their whole shtick. But this was just, it was kind of just a mess. You know, it reminded me of a more... Of a less smooth, sorry. Remember that five-on-three handicap match at TLC like two years ago? Mm-hmm. Where it was Team Miz against three members of the Shield and Miz had four other people. It reminded me of that. It was just like it was just a, it was just like a really long car crash. It was a demolition derby. The whole way through, and it was just a lot of from the moment it started when Charlotte and Becky were throwing Kyrie across the announce table to each other. I was just like, oh, okay, this is the sort of match we're going to be. Yeah. And remember when you heard Joe on commentary at one point even say, like, tuck your chin? <laughs> yeah, when uh, Kyrie took the back getting... bump onto the table. Yeah, when she was getting thrown back and forth. And one thing I never really understood about ladder matches, and it's just a little bit of a disconnect for me, is when you have a ladder match for titles, but no one ever tries to win. Like, I don't really remember. There was a couple of times where there was like where Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte and, Becky, Charlotte and Becky, Charlotte and Becky. I don't think ever touched they, like went to go up the ladders like at all through this whole match. They tried at one point, and then Kyrie just started throwing chairs at them, but badly. Like she couldn't get them over the ropes because she's so small, and like it was just. And that was the only time I remember them trying, and it was just a little bit of a disconnect for me. Like this would have this would have been better off being the Baron Corbin Roman Reigns spot of just being a fight to a pinfall and having Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin climb for some like you said like a dog collar or some bullshit like it would have been better the other way around because this was just more of an absolute war where they were just trying to kill each other and like the only other thing in this rivalry as well is I don't really get why are they so angry at each other I don't get why is it so personal is well, I think it's partly because Asuka messaged Charlotte during Savarisi's, and then the the beat her on the handicap match, and then I'm really just recapping the recap package. But basically, Charlotte asked for Becky's help. Becky said no, and then they could we go with beat up Becky? So now Becky has an issue with them. Yeah, like, it just I mean, doesn't seem enough for the brutality, and then the whole thing with. Kyrie happened and it just brought back the memories of when me and Jimmy watched that New Japan show from London and Kenta got absolutely smashed oh, by um, I can't remember the guy's name sorry, whoever Kenta was facing in the match yeah, Tomohiro Ishii Tomohiro Ishii, yeah, oh my god yeah, and Kenta was just ruined for the entire match but the match just kept going now this you could get away with more because you could clearly see Asuka guiding Kyrie and telling Kyrie to kind of do what she needed to do 
and Asuka kind of took the responsibility. And then you also had Charlotte's power bomb off the apron to the outside that looked brutal as all hell. Yeah, yeah. This was this was car crash. This is a car crash match. But um, yeah, it worked as a main event, and I think it was outside of what happened to Kyrie, which we obviously hope Kyrie's okay. Uh, I thought it was pretty. It was pretty good for a main event. I think it was the, probably the right decision to be the main event. Ah, uh, that was uh, kind of it. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to agree to disagree. I I just thought like everything from probably Viking Raiders through to the end of the show, other than Bray and Miz was pretty dreadful. And like this, I don't like seeing people get head injuries and then be forced to continue to compete. Like there's no reason a doctor shouldn't have been like over there and checking with her because there were points in this, like after she definitely got concussed that like you, you could tell that this woman had no fucking clue where she was. Yeah, I think that's just wrestling, though. Like, um, and I know that's kind of a, maybe a stupid thing to say because of the implications, but that have that just seems to happen all the time, no matter the company. Is that some wrestlers you'll get some wrestlers like Sin Cara, who all say he's not going to continue because he dislocated a finger, and then you'll get the Kenters and the Kyrie Sains and the people who won't stop. Like even Liv Morgan, remember when she got knocked out and she refused to stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes it's just down to the people. Remember Samoa Joe's even on commentary, and the only reason one of his matches got called off once was because a referee jumped in because he literally wouldn't stop pouring blood. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that in? Was that in NXT? Am I remembering that right? No, yeah, that uh, the match was... didn't get stopped. They kept going. The one in NXT, like he kept like bleeding, 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 and they kept stopping the match, but they oh, did okay. do the that's, whole match. That's, that's the one. And then, like, remember Daniel Bryan with his head injury and his match actually got called off, and then the, the story was backstage that he was absolutely furious that the match got called off. And uh, I don't know if it should or shouldn't have got called off. I think they probably recovered quite nicely. I don't reckon, as a pure guess, I don't reckon the ending was the planned ending, other than the rope being pulled to pull the ladder down. I can't imagine it was meant to go down that way. Because it just seemed so, it seemed so rushed at the end. Like they had no seconds left as to whatever their planned runtime was. They had absolutely nothing left. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just so, a car crash, though, was it? But yes, Scott. Did you like? Did you have any problems with this going? Like as it was going on, or like other than the obvious? Or did you like? Did you love this? What, what was like? Where where was your head at during this uh, main event? Going into it. I really was happy with the fact that it was the main event because I had a feeling it would be because the first ever women's tag uh, TLC match. So you know how W likes to heavily promote the whole first ever thing. So I like the idea that they didn't make a fuss about it going into it. They said, oh yeah, the women are main eventing. And I really wanted to like this match. But as it was going on, like as you said, like you could clearly see Carrie wasn't in it. And at first I was kind of annoyed because the crowd were just died. Because the match was going on like with kind of dragon, and at first I was annoyed with the crowd, but then I realised more thinking about like, yeah, like they were kind of they kind of struggled here because I think with one with one of them getting injured, and then I think they were just trying too hard to come up with new spots to like because they thought we need to be different from the TLC match that was before us and the ladder match earlier on, which is the problem with having so many similar gimmick 
matches on the one show that you leave by the last one, like, okay, what can we do to keep people's interest? And, like, I remember looking at Charlotte's boy line when she's picking Kyra up. She had basically a look of, you're going to this table one way or another, like, whether you want to or not, you're going to this fucking table. And the best moment for me was the whole, they tied Becky to the ladder. Because I said uh, to my friends, like, I, I was expecting the thing to go black and white for there to be old-timey piano music when <laughs> Becky gets out. Careful, the train will be along in a moment. That would ask, be fantastic. Ask, ask, <laughs> it just goes a wee, wee mustache that she can curl. All of a sudden, like, Samoa Joe stands up from behind the commentary table and he's twirling a curled-up mustache. <laughs> and he's just like, ha, 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 ha. Like Wario, yes, I know. That's what I was going for. <laughs> What a main event. <laughs> and what a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, we're, we're missing the ending. Oh, yeah, the, the real main event, apparently. Oh, yeah, apparently. Appar- okay, so I have some thoughts, and I'm just going to go with it. Um, They could not cut away from Asuka winning this match and holding the belts fast enough. Because like, mm-hmm. now that's the time to pull the fucking match. When, uh, just before this match, we saw, uh, like... Literally every male wrestler in the back uh, fighting for reasons. Roman Reigns and uh, Baron Corbin were fighting each other. And then everybody jumped in because they oh, bumped no. into the Street Profits and like, we're, scuffed we're their missing, shoes or something. We're missing the most important moment of the night, guys. We're missing We're missing the most important thing, which is that, according to the Street Profits, Scott, you're a man who probably has several women on the go at once. Dance cards pretty full. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you I mean you you flatter me, but you know. Scott, if you want some advice, just listen to the street prophets because you don't want to have any of those unfortunate small humans. <laughs> Get a vasectomy. Or could just drink some more of that Mountain Dew. But all right. <laughs> go swimming in a vat of Mountain Dew and just raw dog every girl. On the fucking Scottish coast, and that's you'll what we fine. do. That's what we do at Rogue Opinions Towers. We do podcasts, we drink Mountain Dew, and, and we go bareback. The hoes, dude. The fucking yeah. hooers. We go at raw dogging and grandstanding. Jesus <laughs> Christ. But uh, yeah, the real, well, the real, the real main event. <laughs> the real main, the real main event was thirty dudes, just kind of all laying into each other. Okay, so then, uh, so like, like I said, they couldn't pull away from the fucking the ending of the match fast enough because Roman Reigns popped out from the crowd and he needed to be fucking followed around. And they go up to this like set up area where Roman could hardly pull off the guardrail. Or whatever, and he hits Corbin with it, and there's some shenanigans, and then he climbs up there because Corbin is up there, and they fight a little bit, and then he spears Corbin onto like ninety thousand people who are sit- sitting right there, and it's just like the same complaint that I always have when there's a spot like this where everybody's just like, we're gonna make it look like we're fighting, but we're definitely gonna be looking for this spot that's supposed to happen. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, I'm just allergic to bad wrestling. Um, um, but yeah, and then they close on this like 
kerfuffle that's happening in the crowd. And even the commentary station didn't know what the fuck was going on. They were just like, oh, yeah, look at the carnage. And then Broken Skull ran, Broken Skull session started with Goldberg. And it was like, really? Really? You're going to pull away from what should have been the end of the show where, like, a match ends and that's all fine. You can't just, like, make this a web exclusive or something. Like, I think that them taking away from... Granted, I didn't like the match very much, but, like, if you're going to put the women out there last because that's, like, the thing you do now, like, why take... Why, why immediately make it worthless by having this huge spot in the audience, like, ten seconds later? Like, it, it just made no fucking sense to me, and I just hated it. Uh, did not leave a good taste in my mouth coming out of this uh, out of this pay-per-view. But, uh, Scott, what did you think about, like, this... Like, the real main event that happened after the actual main event? Yeah, no, like... <clears throat> I totally agree with you about how quickly they cut away. Like, I thought they were saying, like, geez, that didn't take long. Like, I was wondering, are they short in time or something like that? But, like, you saw how many guys there were. I mean, like, it's just a shame that in a month's time they're in some sort of match where all these guys can get together and fight. Like, I'm sure that's the real issue here. But there's a phrase, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's usually used over here when someone... The main situation it's used for is when someone steals, like, your seat when you get up. Like that's what this is what I was thinking when the spotlight got immediately taken off Asuka and then right back to all the guys. This little phrase that says, Would you steal my grave is quick? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was basically it, like, Oh, Asuka won the first ever women's tag TLC match. Oh look, a wild Roman Reigns appears. <laughs> can you can you put it yeah, can you put in the, the Pokemon battle theme? Like right there. Um, yeah, I, first off, yes, I can. And <laughs> secondly, yeah, I completely agree. It was just, it's just a thing of like, you've got these main eventers, genuine main eventers. Like, the women should be main eventing pay per views as long as I'm going to hold the opinion that I think I said on Survivor Series, which is, unless Brock Lesnar's there, to be honest. The women should be main eventing because I don't see anything being above that. And I know people people will say the fiend, but when the fiend's on the show, I can't fucking see the show because my eyes are shit. So <laughs> I don't want the fiend main eventing. <laughs> and, um, so it's slightly biased, but um, yeah, just why cut away so quickly? Because I was watching it and I was like, oh, cool, the Kabuki Warriors won. That match was kind of a mess. It wasn't necessarily their fault. Shit went wrong. Sometimes shit goes wrong. And I was like, oh, this fight's still going. And I kind of half knew what was coming because halfway through the match, Jerry Lawler said a clearly thing said into his ear. He went, oh, I've just been told in my ear that that fight between Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns and everyone is still going. And then Vic Joseph had to be like, yeah, and we yeah. have an event going on right here. They obviously had only just been told in their ear that this was going to be a thing. But just let them let the, mo let the main event be the main event. What, what purpose does this hold? Because it's between Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns for starters. So we aren't going to get a follow-up until fucking Friday or Saturday if you're in the UK. Why, why that there's five days there where we just have to be like, oh, cool. Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns had a match on this show and then ended the show fighting over the top of a main event where four women pretty much killed each other. 
but we have to watch fucking Roman Reigns. Well, in my case, I didn't even get to see Roman Reigns splash a load of people. Because if you go on the network, when I was watching it a few hours ago before this podcast is being recorded, the whole feed cuts out as soon as Roman Reigns makes contact with Baron Corbin. So I didn't even get to see 300 people fall over because two fell on them. And I just think it's a shitty thing to do. And it's just, it's kind of, it's a really weird trend. Asuka wins the Royal Rumble, out comes Ronda Rousey. Asuka wins TLC main event last year, but only because of Ronda Rousey's interference. Asuka claims the titles at TLC 2019, but we have to cut to some other shit. That's a, yeah, you're on a hat trick of really killing Asuka's moment. And I don't like it. And that's what it's I'm not. It's not fucking fair. It's not fair. It really. I totally agree with you. It's not fucking fair that they keep doing this to her. It's, yeah. and, and just that they did it to the women in general too. Like it's not even like the, that. That's a great point about Oscar. But the the fact that they keep doing it to the women in general. That, I like, yeah. And I'm 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 not trying to suggest it's a sexist thing. Because the women, the the women, the women do main event a lot of pay per views without interference. I think this is a shitty thing to do to any main event. So it's not just that it's the women. I'm not trying to make that point. I'm saying no matter what your main event main event was, if you main evented with Bray and Miz and then you cut straight to a thing, it's a really shit thing to do to your main event because I don't understand this fight angle. It's like you know what it's like. It's like um, it feels like. Remember when I can't remember what pay per view we did on the retro series when all the referees were fighting? Unforgiven. Yeah, Yeah, and I did, and I came in cold because I was a guest on that podcast, which you can still go listen to in the archives if you want to. And um, and I didn't understand where they why they were fighting. I've actually been watching SmackDown every week, and I still don't understand why they're all fighting. So I'm just clueless, but no, this was a. It's not just that it's the women main eventing. This is a shit thing to do to any main event. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, fuck, yeah, that that sucks. That it sucks that they did that. Um, and even if they had ended with like Bray versus Miz or something, like the Daniel Bryan return would have probably been a better way to close a show. Like if you're going to, if you're going to like just like get rid of all of the goodwill that you built or like the fact that your main event is getting interrupted at the, after it's over, like at least have it have something to do with the main event. Like if you brought the, even if like the Iconics had come out or like some other women's tag team had come out and they were just like, well, now we're going to fuck you up and we're going to be next and stuff like I still would have been like, oh, cool. This will be the thing for Rumble or whatever. Just, but yeah, now... Just, I think the point... The, sorry, you guys, Scott. So there were people talking about how if Baron, they thought Baron Corbin Roman was going to be in event and if you were talking about this, like, this woman's match would have probably worked if it was in that spot. Like, if you had like Roman and Baron main event because they had like 20 or so guys including security beating down Roman and no one came out to help him but if you continue, if you had Roman and Baron main event and continue to beat down after the match and then you have a bunch of guys come out to like save Roman and then that's when you do all everybody's brawling because that would have made more sense because you're not stealing anybody's spotlight because you're like, you already had the the Roman Baron Corbin thing 
And plus, like, if it is, if this is a build to the Rumble, like, you've got a full month to do that. Why did you need to do it here? Exactly. Yeah, I just think it it felt like it felt like the ending to one of the weekly TV shows. Like, it felt like that's the way you could have ended a SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've ended SmackDown in. And the other thing is, they've ended SmackDown in in work. I say worse ways in more brutal ways mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks with the Kofi and the Baron Baron and the Roman Reigns sorry the week before things where they're chained to the post and things like that and um yep. well, I looking... it's just such a I just it was just a shit ending like it just it just left me think thinking why did I why did you have Baron Corbin Roman Reigns because you've already you've told me you know it's like it's like when you watch four the first four and Loki gets shot off into space at the end of the film uh, when they break the thing that looks like Rainbow Road. And then in the after credit scene, you see Loki reappear. And you're like, oh, cool, so this is how it... Okay, he's not dead. And you just say, you've just killed the ending. And, yeah, I hope people watch 4, otherwise that made no (laughs) sense. But, um... I'm sure everybody has seen Thor, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just cold, really. You know what I'm looking forward to over the next four or five weeks? Like, every time somebody gets thrown over the top rope, which will probably happen a lot in the next few weeks, let's say every time someone goes over the top rope, you're going to probably hear Michael Cole or Victor Joseph say, oh, you know, if that happens in a few weeks at the Royal Rumble, you know, he'd be eliminated, which oh, is one of my God. biggest pet peeves around Royal Rumble season. Like, yes, I know that would happen at the Rumble. But we're not in the rumble, are we? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's going to happen over the next six weeks, dude. Every single show. You know, I I want Scott more than anything is for Big Show to make his return mm-hmm. because he weighs five hundred pounds, and how's anyone going to eliminate Big Show? You know what's a you know what's a fun fact though? It's never taken more than one person to eliminate Big Show from a rumble. Do you know? The best fun fact is that Big Show won the 2000 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. Yeah, because that 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 mania was garbage. <laughs> no, it's because that punk ass bitch, The Rock, stole Big Show's Rumble by cheating and coming back into it. But the other thing that everyone should look forward to is uh, the seven part special of Kayfabe Court. <laughs> Where, where we solve the case of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, it's not even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We're going to look into the criminal mastermind that is Willy Wonka. Pretty he much. comes out. He comes out deceiving people. He's an old man but who's frail, does. and then he falls, but then he rolls out, and he's like, "I'm just kidding. I'm jolly." I would have fucking turned around and left. I would have handed the first person I saw my golden ticket, and I would have fucked off. Yeah. I don't trust this guy. How much in uh, in dollars, how much do you reckon, before you knew the criminal enterprise that is Willy Wonka, how much do you reckon a golden ticket, a genuine one, would have gone on eBay? <laughs> oh, man. People would have been selling that for at least five or ten grand. Easy. No, I was going to say tens of thousands. I think I mean, easy. Because in that film, Willy Wonka is seen as a god. Like, no one's got to see the Chocolate Factory. These select few kids and their parents are going to get to see the Chocolate Factory. That's got to go for tens of thousands. I think 50 grand, easy. 
What I love about that film is there was only one story about a fake ticket. You would have thought there'd be multiple people trying to pull off uh, that scam. 2019, there'd be there'd be touts outside the chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. There would be all sorts, but I think genuine ticket, fifty grand easily, for the way they set up that chocolate factory. Gotta be. I I I don't even know, like. Th- just like the insides of that chocolate factory in and of itself like that must have been like i mean more difficult than the death star i think to to build the catacombs in there with a running with a running chocolate river that's a lot of work because um i don't know if you guys have ever tried to make a chocolate fondue (laughs) like i hope that's a lot of fucking work and some sets that they give you they're like oh you just need a tea light you don't need a tea light you need a fucking flamethrower if you want, if you want that that chocolate to be molten, and like yeah, Death Star's easy. They've built what like three Death Stars, two, yeah. oh two and a shit version of it and a new one. Probably, I never saw the new ones. Oh, uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> this is, listen, this is like no. Star Wars season. Okay, I don't want to start Star Wars. Please don't make me start Star Wars. I'm, I'm done. Podcast okay. later. We're not talking about Star Wars. Check oh, out the no. ten part Rogue Opinions <laughs> podcast where we no. make where we make Nathan watch all nine movies no. and The Mandalorian back to back to back to back to I've back. I've been to back. watching The Mandalorian. I've just okay. not seen the rest of the shit. Did you see? I was say, I told you guys about that quiz thing, the Star Wars one. I competed in dinner. Oh yeah. How many Death Stars have they made? <laughs> Well, there wasn't a question about that, but I know the answers too. Okay. I was like, I, I was wondering how, how I'd mentioned like how well I'd done since, because like, I remember messaging you before I went to. Scott, because we're recording, are you really saying to us, "Hey guys, you mentioned Star Wars. Can I brag?" No, I'm just asking. Like, you mentioned Star Wars, it reminded me because I meant to bring it up before. Yeah, you did tell us, but tell the people how you got on. I did really well. I thought it was going to last a few rounds. It was elimination style gauntlet thing. I went from the second round to the second last round. And it turns out I know I retained more about Star Wars than than I, than I thought I did. Like, this is why I didn't do so well in school, because all my my rage just contains all these random pop culture references and Star Wars knowledge, apparently, and it forgets all the random shit they teach you in school. Yeah, you don't need yeah, you don't need algebra, but you do need to know what a metachlorian is. Mm-hmm. I, I got told many times, like, during biology, shut, Scott, shut the fuck up about metachlorians or you're going at home. <laughs> They're not relevant to the prequels. <laughs> Probably. They're not relevant. I mean, I don't know. I don't like sand. Um, oh, God. It's coarse and uncomfortable. let's float over that pair that looks horrible in never mind we can't even get into that this has been tlc 2019 ladies and gentlemen rogue opinions has never started beef with a celebrity before i don't know if he classes as one but i would like to officially start beef with hayden christensen (laughs) if you can find him tell hayden christensen that rogue opinions podcast has a genuine beef yeah you might be able to find him, but you won't find his fucking career. That's world the start star. of our beef. World <laughs> star. Hashtag world star. Hashtag fwam, fwam, fwam. Um, This has been Rogue Opinions presents 
the 2019 TLC review. Words are hard sometimes. Um, Nathan, where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Nathan Greenway. As always, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. Check back through the archives. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff. Naked Men podcasts are still going strong. Uh, you've got all your wrestling reviews that you want to hear. Me and Jimmy had a chat the other week and recorded mm-hmm. it and then called it a podcast um, about three in the morning. That was difficult. But uh, you can listen to it. You can listen and... to Nathan fade out throughout the entire episode. <laughs> I did nearly literally die towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was a difficult one because I was so tired. But uh, you can still listen to it. And yeah, otherwise... Head over to Medium as well, all the links on our Twitter for the written articles. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick has literally just put up a new art, new wrestling article as we were recording this. So go give that a read. Carl is doing loads of pieces towards the new year. We've got loads to come towards, Chris, towards Christmas. Us three have already, have we spoiled part of it <laughs> recorded an episode of create a christmas mascot that's to come there's going to be a, a christmas movie tournament coming out towards then carl sean and scott have recorded their best of wrestling throughout the decade as well so mm-hmm. that'll be up in the in the next couple of weeks after this goes up as well so look out for that uh, but i've always thank you guys for listening yeah, uh, Scott, where can they find you and all of your other rambling goodness on the internet? You can find me at ScotlandCollin1986. Uh, definitely recommend checking out the best of the decade in wrestling when that comes out. It's just over two, two hours, but we try our best to get in 10 years and it's just two hours. But other than that, you can find my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, at SB Rambling. Did you happen to have? Did you happen to have a certain review of a certain thing that happened because you lost something <laughs> recently? That happened to go up recently. Yes, you guys did. Did you tell did us, you do that? Tell us about the bad thing. <laughs> did you well, did you, you happen to, did you happen to talk about a certain terrible pay per view there? Did you uh did you yeah. uh you know happen to talk about a little some some? Hey Scott, why don't you touch my snake? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we did. Our most recent episode is up our punishment podcast from Losing Severities, where we review the show that must not be named. It's out there. I said some things that'll probably get me in trouble when people listen to them. I didn't at all curse you guys at any point in the show. Oh, that's and Yeah, I, I'm very angry, and I anger maybe say some things which people won't agree with, but... It's out there. I'm moving forward. Don't worry. Don't worry. After they listen to it in just a couple of weeks, they'll hear how I'm probably going to court for a few of the things <laughs> I said on the Create a Mascot episode. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, so, you're not too great either, but I definitely am probably getting brought up on charges after that show. I don't, I don't even remember what I made. We recorded it. Um, we don't need to re- reveal our if schedule. <laughs> you need, if you need a more motivation to check out the... Uh, the punishment podcast. I I think maybe the best sentence I've ever said in a podcast happens in that show. Oh, God. oh nice. I'm the, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be listening to that tomorrow at work. It should be fun. You can, yeah. Let me know when you've listened to it so I can tell you which one it was because I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'll I'll make sure to text you. Yeah. Um, tweet. Yeah, was that- after you've listened to it, tweet 
Ben underscore Ebert, and he'll send you a copy of Braveheart. Because <laughs> he's Scottish. I get it. <laughs> it's not funny. Because Scott, Scott is Scottish. Yeah, yeah. It's not funny if you explain it. Everyone knows a joke is funnier when you explain it. Speaking of jokes that are funnier when you explain them, um, I'm at Mr. Riot on Twitter. That's M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. And nobody's given me a better one uh, for that. And uh, so deal with it. Um, also, today, as we record this month, the new episode of Monday Morning Magic came out. I did an interview with the Meadowlands Monster, and uh, it did not go well for me. That's uh, that's catch up on uh, our entire Road to Kingdom Come uh, episodes that have been happening on Monday morning, the Monday morning magic show. I don't know. I lost my place while I was trying to do my own plugs. So go find uh, Wrestling Magic on Twitter. Keep up with that or the Pro Wrestling Magic Facebook. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us here on Rogue Opinions. That's Rogue underscore opinions. If you're searching for us elsewhere, we will talk to you guys very, very soon. Bye bye. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get